You know, we have an opportunity to do a lot of things for people who are in hard places. Uh, We've done that through Operation Christmas Child that we talked about this morning. You've done that through your support of the Ukraine and the ministry there through the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, directly through giving to the Great Commission Fund in support of international workers, and also indirectly or directly through a different arm, Comma Services, which is the relief arm of the Christian Missionary Alliance. And so wanted to share that, that video with you today for a number of different reasons. First and foremost, if you want to continue to support that, that, that the effort in the Ukraine, we of course would, would be happy to have you do that. Simply mark a giving envelope for Ukraine and we'll make sure that the, those, those monies are directed that way. Also, we want you to be in prayer, prayer for them, uh, and the continued efforts. You know, sometimes in our country when we're so far away from from uh, the, the, the things that are happening around the world, uh, our only news reports are what we see on our news cycles and we don't see what's happening ground level and, and weeks turn into months and months turn into quarters and quarters turn into years and soon we forget or we lose track of what's happening. So it was good to be reminded so that we can continue to support, we continue to pray and we continue to see that God does work in the hard places. That God continues to move even when the situations are challenging and difficult. I don't know if you caught it, uh, Sergey said, um, I believe it was Sergey in the, in the video said, and our churches continue to grow. Our churches continue to grow in a country that is war-torn, in a country that is being decimated by war and the enemy, they would consider an enemy. The church continues to grow. And over the last two, three, four years here in the United States, we've seen uh, data reports, we've seen Barna reports, we've seen uh, research, Pew Research reports that the church in America continues to shrink. And we wonder, what is going on? Here in a war-torn country, churches continue to grow. And here in one of the most affluent countries in the world, our churches continue to shrink. Now that's data, that's old data, that's maybe not current data. The current data gives us a little more hope that, that there is some stabi- uh, stabilization and maybe even growth in some areas in the North American church. But it's amazing that the church, facing so much hardship in different countries around the world, continues to grow. And I think what's important for us is to remember and to understand that God still moves and God still acts in the hard places. That when life is challenging, that when life is difficult, that when life is more unimaginable than we could even dream. Look at the video, look at the pictures. Can you, can you imagine living in that situation? Now perhaps some of us if we, some of us may have or have had parents that have lived through those, those times and those seasons. 
God is still moving in the hard times. We may not live in that setting. We may not live in that situation. But we have hard times. And the hard times is not, the hard times that, that we encounter are not to be set against the hard times in the video that we saw and say ours don't count. They're just different. But we still have them. We have hard times. We have hard seasons. We live in hard places ourselves when we look around. When we consider the life that we have and the challenges that we face, there are times when it is hard. When we are challenged and we don't know how we're going to make it. And we don't know what we're going to do. And we don't know how we're going to get from here to there. It's hard. The international worker on the video said, In the darkness, the light shines the very brightest. In the darkness, the light shines the very brightest. In the hardest places, we see the biggest God. They said people are more open to the gospel than they ever have been because of their need and the care that comes through our churches. The hands and feet of Jesus opening their eyes to the gospel. Through, heart, through these stories, we see God do tremendous things in the hard places. It's almost as though God's roar is louder than the hard places. That God's roar into our culture and into our world and through the efforts of the church are, is louder than the hard places that people find themselves. As devastating as it is, as difficult as it is on the day to day and every morning to wake up, maybe unsure of what the day will hold, maybe unsure of what the season will have, maybe unsure of what the week will, will play out. God is still louder in those moments than we can imagine. We can't imagine some of the things we may go through, but we cannot even begin to describe the goodness of God that will come to us as we stay connected to Him. God is moving in the lives of people. God is moving in hearts. God is moving in homes. Churches are growing. People are coming to know Him. People are realizing their need and they're laying down their, their own pride. They're laying down who they are in order to find Him because in the hard places, we realize that God is still there, that God is still moving, that God is still active. And so I wonder, when we consider our hard places, when we consider the hard seasons of our lives, where do we run? Where do we go? Where do we find safety and where do we find shelter in those hard seasons? In those hard moments, maybe being apart from family, maybe being out on our own, maybe with a great uncertainty, in front of us? Where do we go for safety? Where do we go for security? Where do we go for shelter? Where do we go for care? Where do we go for hope and help? 
and healing. Joel chapter 3 is our text for this morning. And it's simply one verse. Joel chapter 3, one verse this morning, and it says this. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and the earth quake. But the Lord, remember I've stopped us on this verse a couple of times in this series, right? The Lord is our what? To his people. A, come on now, say it strong. Stronghold to the people of Israel. God is roaring in the hard places. God is roaring in these seasons. God is roaring in the hard times. And what he wants us to know is that he is a refuge and a stronghold for us. A refuge and a stronghold. In this, in this, uh, series we've been looking at, at what are the things around us that the enemy is using to distract us, to tear down our faith, to challenge us? What are the very real things happening in our, in our lives to distract us from the good things that God has for us? What are the very real things that are going on in our hearts and in our spirit, in our own personal holiness, in our own, in our own, uh, 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 mind and, and thought process that are distracting us and, and keeping us away from what God would have for us. Because if the enemy can distract us, if the enemy can lead us away from, if the enemy can lead, put us, uh, turn our focus and our attention to our hard places and our hard season, if the enemy can put our attention there, then we will not have our attention on who God is for us, on what God is doing around us and what God might do for us in the future. When we are distracted, we fail to see what God is doing. What we are focused on our hard places. We'll look for safety and shelter anywhere. When life is hard, we will look for safety and shelter anywhere. So during these hard times, where do we run? During these hard places and during these hard seasons, who do we trust in? The attack of the enemy takes, takes on numerous forms and has devastating, devastating results to our livelihood. Joel, this whole, this whole book of Joel has been showing us that. A couple of weeks ago when we were in Joel chapter one, we saw how, how the writer, how God is using his message through a metaphor to the writer of the locusts coming and eating the, the crops. Now scholars would agree it's both a reality and a metaphor. That's set within the reality of this time and this season that the locusts were coming and eating their crops. And generation after generation that it happens, it affects their livelihood. It affects their hopes. It affects their dreams. It affects their relationships. It affects their economy. It affects the way that they worship. And he does so metaphorically as well. How has the enemy been devouring us? How has the enemy been 
tearing away at our spirit? How has the enemy been been, uh, coming against us in home, in work, in family, in health? It has devastating effects to our livelihood and our families. The things that, that we get caught up in, the things that happen to us, the things that are around us, the things that we step into uh, voluntarily, the things that happen against us that not again, not for our, and we didn't seek it out, it just happened. But if we don't manage that, the enemy can sneak in and turn it around and de- begin to and continue to devour us. And it affects our homes and our worship. It affects how we view God. It affects how we see God. It affects our time of worship. Those Sundays when you're here and you can't sing. You can't pray. Because of the the devastation that, that the enemy, that the locust has eaten away in our lives. We can't lift our voice. We can't cry out. We don't have the words to form. We don't have the understanding. There's something disconnected. We have those seasons. And we have hard places that we live in. And the world around us offers help, offers protection. The world around us offers a better way forward. And and, and here's the thing, it's not all bad. It's not all bad of what our, what our society offers, that some of the services in our community offers. Those aren't all bad. But there's just enough good in all of it to become confusing when it begins to challenge who God is and the truth of God's word. The social culture will, will offer to soothe our soul. The social culture will, will, will offer to bring peace to our spirit. And, and, and culture will even help us reimagine truth to fit our temptations and our addictions. These seasons impact how we worship and if we worship. Yet there's this constant roar from heaven. There's this constant roar from heaven that cries out to us. And God is reminding us that he is a refuge and he is a stronghold. Whatever you're facing today, he is your refuge. He is your stronghold. Whatever addiction that you're battling today, he is your refuge and he is your stronghold. Whatever difficulty you're facing in your life, whatever, whatever questions that you have, whatever confusion there may be in your heart and your spirit about the goodness of God and who God is as you watch your life play out and everything happening around you, He is your refuge. He is your stronghold. The world will sound its bells around us to distract us from who God really is. And in the middle of that, God roars from heaven that he is our refuge and he is our stronghold. Two words in, in, in Joel chapter 3, verse 16, that are very similar in meaning yet have very different usages. They're similar in root structure, they're similar in meaning, but have very different um, 
usages here. The word refuge, the word refuge, uh, uh, Don Wiseman writes that, is more often used figuratively uh, of seeking refuge than put, and thus putting confidence, putting confidence in God. Putting confident trust, whether in God or in the shadow of God. Do you ever love to just sit in the shadow of God? Like wouldn't that like we, we use that metaphor, the shadow of God, right? This word refuge is 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 like that. It's this it's this uh figurative language that lets us look at God and think of God in these picturesque ways. God is God is a is 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 a place of confidence, is one of confidence. God is God is a shadow that we can find protection. As I think about this, I imagine a, 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 this as a, as a kind of state of being, like a spiritual mindset, right? It's hard to, it's hard to touch confidence, right? How do, how do you touch confidence? How do you hold confidence? It's a, it's a mindset, right? I'm going to walk into this confidently, right? How, how do we express confidence non-verbally, right? We stand up straight, right? Shoulders back, right? Puff out the chest a little bit. I mean, I was watching too much football yesterday. I don't know. Right? Confidence. I'm going to attack the moment. I'm going to attack the setting. I'm going to attack the situation. Confidence. You can't hold it. You can't touch it. You can't, you can't. There's nothing to grasp to say, I have confidence. It begins in the heart. It begins in the spirit. It's a mindset that overtakes you and then manifests itself physically as we stand up straighter, throw our shoulders back, look more intently, breathe a little deeper, right? Confidence. Confidence. Walking into a board meeting. Confident. Walking into a... a, a, a a board meeting, confident. I just said that one. Walking in, spitballing here. Because the only thing I've got right now is athletics. Can I go to athletics real quick? Is that okay? Walking up, walking up to the tee box, confident. Not me. I walk up to the tee box and I'm like, I don't know. I was just talking back. It was like, I'm at that stage right now in my golf game. I don't even know where my golf shoes are. That's where I'm at in my golf game. I'm at that stage now where I love the four-man scramble, you know, for charity events, because I get to rely on the other three people I'm playing with. I play the whole course, sometimes twice, on the same hole. When I step up, no confidence. Duck and cover. When you step up to that free throw line, when you step onto the field, when you're walking out of the tunnel on Friday night, confidence. When you're going to that meeting you don't want to go to, when you're going to that counseling session you don't want to have, when you're going into that hard conversation, when you're facing, hey, we just had Thanksgiving, right? When you face the guests that arrived at your house, confidence. confidence. You can't touch it. It's something that rises up within you. 
I can tell you when these musicians walk on stage every week, there's a confidence. It comes from within. God is telling us that he is a place, he is, he is a God of refuge. He is one that we can put confidence in. When, when we're going through the hard places and seasons of life, we can shrink back, lower our shoulders, and walk hunched over, defeated in them, and take whatever comes our way and just take it. Or we can put our hope in God. And when we put our hope in God, we stand up a little straighter. We look a little more intently. We pray pray a little harder. And as we pray a little harder and worship a little louder and lift our hands a little higher, it gives us a confidence. It builds our spirit. It builds our energy. It builds our focus. God, through His Spirit, works in our spirit to give us confidence in the moment, strength for the day, and the opportunity to move forward. It is trust. I'm trusting in God's confidence. It is, it is, it is the, it is that shadow that we rest under for protection. You ever been out on a hot day? Mowing the yard or something on a hot day? And you step into the shadow? And it's comforting for a moment, isn't it? It's comforting from the harsh rays of the sun. It's comforting from the the violent heat that beats down on us. We love the shade because it comforts us. It protects us. This word refuge is like that. God is saying, I will be your protection. I will be your cover. I will give you, you can have confidence in me. You can have that strength in me and I will in turn give that to you. God is our refuge. This is why we share our stories. This is why we share our stories in small group and in Sunday school classes. It's why we hear from students who go on missions trips and people who serve in ministry. It's why we show videos on a Sunday morning. We share stories. We hear stories. We hear stories of what God is doing and it builds our confidence and it builds our trust for his power in us. Hey, if he can do that in their life, can't he do it in my life? If he can do it for that country, can he do it for our country? If he can do it in that community, can't he do it in our community? Confidence in God comes from the sharing of the stories. We have to tell the stories to each other. This is what God did in my heart. This is what God did in my life. When I was down and I was defeated and I was held back and I didn't know where to go and I didn't know what to hold on to and I didn't know, somebody came along and they told me their story and I said, maybe that could be me. And I trusted. I placed my confidence and I looked for more confidence in what God could do. It's why we learn the scriptures and we commit them to memory to build our confidence in God as our refuge. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So that when the path is difficult and the path wanders through hard places, we can recall God's truth, God's revelation, and God's guidance to us. And we learn. And we learn not not to trust in our own wisdom, We learn not to trust in our own understanding. But we learn that as we acknowledge God 
in our lives, these paths, these hard times, these hard places, somehow they become straight. Somehow they become clear. Somehow they become determined for us. As Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 would say. This is why we stop to remember. It's why we recall our history. It's why we try to understand our legacy that's been left for us to steward. This isn't about finding God as a refuge or else we're going to go through hard times. It's not an or else. It's a, listen, you're going to go through hard times. You're going to find yourself in hard places. The question is, where do we run for safety? And where do we run for shelter? He's a refuge and he's a stronghold. He's not only a a refuge, but he's a stronghold. The similarities are are there, but there's nuanced differences. Stronghold has this, this idea of place. Place. Carl Schultz talks of stronghold as, as a place of safety, protection, stronghold, fortness. It, it has this place of, this idea of there's a place I can go to. There's a place that I can run to, that I know that, that in this stronghold I will be protected. The idea of fortress. And there's this, the ideas, there's this idea that the Jews considered Jehovah to be a source of supernatural joy tied to this word stronghold. And this in turn would serve to strengthen them. They saw God as a place to run to for safety and security. And when they did that, it, it, it gave them joy because they knew they knew that God would be there. They knew that God would meet them. They knew that God would, would, would strengthen them for the day and for the challenge. Lang writes that this joy which springs from right relations to God is an element and sign of spiritual strength. What is the spiritual strength when we're going through the hard places? What is the spiritual strength when we're going through difficult times? It's that God is our stronghold. And God is a place that we can find refuge. God is a place that we can find strength. And it gives us joy for the moment, for the season, and for the future. It gives us joy. We live in this tension of the challenge and the, the difficulty of the world, but with the joy of God inside of us, knowing that He will carry us and care for us and take care of us no matter what happens, no matter what goes on. In life... And in death, our life is a story to others. To keep pressing on, to keep moving, to never give up. Don't let the world win. Because God is louder than the world. Because God is louder than our failures. Because God is louder than our fears. And God is louder than these hard places that we find ourselves in. God is a refuge. A stronghold. One to be trusted. One to be found faithful and true. And when our hearts are reoriented back to him, and we begin with Jesus, we begin to see the light in the darkness. 
Remember what she said. In the darkness, the light shines the very brightest. It's the hardest places we see the biggest God. People are more open to the gospel than they've ever been because of their need and care that comes through our churches. The churches are the hands and the feet of Jesus opening their eyes to the gospel. You see God do tremendous things in the hard places. You see God do tremendous things in the hard places. What's your hard place? What's your challenge today? What are you living through and, and walking through that's, that's, that's hard? Let me give you three steps to take away from today. I would encourage us to commit. Commit to finding refuge and joy in God and to running to him as our stronghold. Whatever your, whatever your hard place, commit yourself. I will find my refuge, my confidence, my shelter in God. And when I'm tempted to run to something else, to soothe the pain, to take away the memory, if only for a moment, when I'm tempted, I'm going to run to the stronghold that God is. Three steps to do that. First of all, make it personal. Make it personal. What's your stronghold or what's your hard place? You got to be honest with yourself. Where am I struggling? What am I battling? What am I facing? What's my hard place? Secondly, I'm going to challenge you with this. Engage in the church. Engage with the church. We've got an Advent series coming up in a couple of weeks. Actually, next week, we'll start our Advent series. Great opportunity. Great opportunity for you to say this to yourself. You know what? Maybe I've not engaged in the way and the level that I've, that I've done in the past. Maybe, maybe I should give this a shot this year. Maybe I should give Jesus another chance. Maybe I should give the church another effort. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Be intentional about being here during Advent. And then at the end of Advent, we'll ask you to be intentional about being here into January. Because when we find God as a stronghold, we are encouraged by the stories. It makes Sunday morning a whole lot more meaningful because we need each other. I need your story. And you need mine. So be intentional about engaging in the church again. Find opportunities to serve. Maybe you're, maybe you're like, I'm here every week. That's awesome. Is, are you serving somewhere? And then finally, with that engaging the church again, bring your worship to the sanctuary so that you can worship God and others can be encouraged. Bring your worship here.
Worship all week, that's awesome, but then don't come here and just clam up. Worship with us. Engage with us. I don't know the songs. Yeah, neither do I. That's why we have them on the screen, the words. It's fine. Third, ask for help. Ask for help. Don't assume the answers. And don't assume you're the only one going through this. Whatever your hard place is, you're not alone. Run to God, our stronghold, in prayer with friends, reading God's word. And if you have no other prayer, if you don't even know what to pray, pray this. God, I believe. Help my unbelief. God, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe a little bit. Help me believe more. You pray that with sincerity. You pray that with with a sincere heart to actually see what God is going to do. And you'll see God meet you in the hard places. Will you stand with me? Father, this morning, we ask that you would help us to recognize uh, with honesty where we are and the hard places of our lives and the, the things that hold us back and that you would take this little passage out of Joel, this one little scripture, and remind us to put our confidence in you, to put our hope in you, to find shelter and protection from you, And in return to see you do something we can't even describe in our lives. Would you help us to be that place that when we're tempted or or when we're frustrated or when we just want out, that you would be the place that we run to? No one else, nothing else, but first and foremost to you. Help us in our relationships to encourage each other, to bring our full self here when we worship, and to seek you with our whole heart. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.